Welcome to our service. It is incredibly good to be here this morning. Um, so this is, or the next couple of days is one of my favorite times of the year. Um, I, and I, I think I've said this here before, I love thinking about reflecting on the last years. I love thinking about possibilities for the next years. Um, Jess and I both are planners and goal setters, so this is this is our this is our few days. So we can, you know, we have this, and then then we have to put it into practice. But um, so every year I pick a verse and a passage that I want to focus on and have reflect my my year, my life. And I, this year, it, I picked, or the verse that I just kept coming back to was in 2 Corinthians verse, um, chapter 5, verse 17. And that's going to be, um, this passage is going to be our text today. Um, I'm going to do something a little different, but I'm just going to read this verse for us to get this ruminating in our minds. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And I just, I love this idea of new beginnings, um, you know, just that, and we're in Christ. But the part that really has stood out to me is what is in the front of that, and that is, um, I need to get bifocals, I apologize. Old things have passed away. And I just, I keep coming back to, in order to have new beginnings, you have to have something else leave. And that's the part that none of us, or maybe some of us like, but most of us we're all happy to have, you know, the new shiny thing come into our life, but what has to leave for that to happen? So that's what I want to spend a little time thinking about today. Um, I'm going to kind of split this, well, I thought I had 45 minutes, but I don't. So I'm going to kind of split this into three chunks of time. Um, The first, I did want to just spend a couple minutes, and I'll make it pretty brief, just giving you an update date. I feel like we have disappeared from our church for the last three and a half weeks or so, and I just wanted to kind of give you guys an update on where we've been, what's happened, what we've been through. And then, um, and then I have an object lesson on this um, verse for the children. So I'm going to have the children come forward, and we're going to go through that object lesson with them, and then we're going to wrap up with reading this passage and um, walking through some of the things that challenged me. So we'll, we'll squeeze that all in in the next 35 minutes. So, um, so as far as an update on our lives, so we, um, Robert was due to be born, um, expected December 3rd, and that day came and went, and he did not want to come. And so eventually we realized 
we were going to have to schedule him to kind of help him along. And so we went into the hospital um, to start that process on Wednesday, I think the 13th. And through a very long and unsuccessful process, we tried about six different things to make that happen, and it did not happen. And it was one of the hardest things that I have ever been through in my life. Um, Jess was in a lot of pain throughout most of the time, and just a lot of worry and fear, um, you know, not knowing what was going on and feeling very helpless. And I will just say, we knew that you all were praying for us, and um, I really do feel like it was those prayers that got us through. And Saturday night at about midnight, we were kind of out of options. There were technically a little bit longer time we could have gone before kind of being forced into the next options. And Jess started to show signs of having a fever. And so at that point, we decided to go ahead and schedule a surgery. And he was born about an hour later. And when he was born, we found he came at, he was nine pounds, five ounces, a very large little guy who would not have ever come um, without having a surgery. So we were just very, very grateful for, number one, God's grace. Number two, the ability to have doctors there to, um, to make it happen, because without that, he would not, have, would not be here. And then finally, I would just say, your support. Um, I know that the other leaders, people in the leadership team had a lot going on over this time, and they, you know, without any complaints, picked up all the slack and, you know, covered. So I just, a lot of gratitude for you all. So that's, and then obviously we've had the recovery afterwards. Everybody has been incredibly healthy, um, and not to, um, overlook it. I'm also really grateful for having two other playmates come on board, um, hopefully a little bit easier um, of a journey here, but um, for him to hang out with at church. So it's just an incredible blessing. And along with that, I did want to just say I was reflecting over the last year, and a lot has happened in this year. Um, Robert, obviously Robert came, but, you know, right before that, I guess, in the prior year, but really the rubber met the road, I was able to join the leadership team here, and that has been an incredible journey. Um, And we also were scheduled to, or planning on adopting a baby last year. And I did want to just update the congregation on where that stands. We, that was put on hold, and Jess and I, during our pregnancy expecting Robert, we found out that almost no babies were placed out of the 70 people we were in the pool. So um, we had kind of thought that we were going to be placed any moment and found out that we would still be waiting to adopt a baby if we were still in that pool. So again, grateful for Robert um, coming, filling that um, in our lives, and just realizing that um, 
you know, God really provided. Um, and then also just wanted to update you guys. We are officially planning on um, pulling our names out of that pool and, um, and not continuing with that process with that agency um, for a couple reasons. One is we're planning on hopefully this year moving or next year, still next year, moving out to our property here in Catlett to be closer to you, which means that we would need to, um, you know, reset that process, but also just kind of waiting to see what God has in store for us there. So that's our short life update that hopefully fills you guys in, and also just a big thank you for all that this congregation has done for us in the last year, but especially the last three weeks. So, um, well, that being said, we will move on to our lesson for the children. Could all the children come forward and have a seat in, let's go with this bench. I think there's a little bit more room. Okay, is this every, oh, we're still waiting on one more. Can you make room over here? Sit next to Patrick. There we go. Okay, so today our verse is, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. That's a big verse, isn't it? So, we're going to break it down into little bites. The first part says, if anyone is in Christ. So what does that mean? Well, let's just make it simple for you guys. If anyone loves Jesus, do we all want to love Jesus? Yes. Maybe I shouldn't ask these questions that I don't want other answers to. <laughs> but um, we all want to love Jesus. So we're starting with that. And then it says, old things have passed away. What does that mean? It means bad things have to stop. And then it says everything becomes new. What does that mean? Good things have to start. Oh, I thought I turned it. Is it on now? What? Is it working? Okay. I must have turned it off. So, it... Oh, there it is working. Um, so... Bad things have started, or stopped. Good things have started. So, we want to do a little object lesson. So, a lot of times when we, we want to just start good things, but we don't maybe want to stop the bad things. Is that a problem? How many of you have ever struggled with that? Well, here's a little example. So, 
the little crumbs in here are the bad things. How many of you think we can have a nice clean cup of water that we would want to drink if I just pour more clean water into this cup? Would that work? No, it won't work. So what do I need to do to get a clean cup of water? This isn't a trick question. What do I need to do? Dump it out. So we dump that out, a little trash can of water. Now what do I need to do? What's it, what should I do maybe before that? If you really wanted it clean, maybe a little rinse even. So, oh, well, <laughs> it's just water. So now, what do I do if I want a clean cup of water? Now what do I have to do? Pour clean water in. And now I have a nice cup of clean water. <sighs> okay, who wants to drink this? I don't think anybody wants to drink this. So, what's that example show us? It shows us that we're like that cup. We're holding stuff. And if we have things in our lives that aren't good, maybe we're not kind, maybe we're hogging all the toys, eating all the cookies, not sharing with our brothers and sisters, we can't just do something nice. So say I'm punching my little brother. I can't just give him a cookie. Okay, okay, guys. Okay, I can't just give him a cookie and keep punching him. That wouldn't be right. I have to stop the old things, the bad things, and fill that with good, clean, new things that are kindness, love. So the next time you're tempted to do something wrong, you're going to get rid of the bad, and then you're going to fill that with something good. And that's what the Bible commands us to do. So we're going to read that verse one more time. And hopefully, this has helped you to understand what the verse means. So, if I can get there. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have come, become new. Can you say, we're going to re say it together. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Ready with me? Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. One more time. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Thank you, guys. You can go back to your parents.
We'll just move that stuff away so I don't trip on it. Okay, well, on to the meat of the passage. And I started with that simple lesson for the children because I think it's so important for us to come back to that basic idea that old things have to leave for new things to come. And it's a little bit cause and effect. Um, you know, when we bring you know, our changed lives in, you know, Jesus into our lives, things do change. But we also have to be intentional about removing those things that we don't want in our lives. And it's often the difficult part of that. And I'm going to start by reading 2 Corinthians 5, verses 10 through the end of the chapter. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are well known to God that I also trust are well known in your conscience. For we do not commend ourselves against you, but give you opportunity to boast on our behalf, that you may have an answer for those who boast in appearance and not in heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. For if we are of sound mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ compels us, because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died and he died for all, that those who live should no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, and yet we have known him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has commanded to us, committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as, through God were, as though God were pleading through us, we implore you, on Christ's behalf, we re be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So, as we think about this passage, context is very important. And a little, we kind of have to back up and ask, who was this written to? And I'm going to try to do, like, 
the big picture overview of the Corinthian church. So um, hopefully we can kind of really quickly wrap our minds around this. So the Corinthian church was planted by Paul. And that was prior to 1 Corinthians. So that's going to be um, on one of his missionary journeys. And I'm would we need to get into that whole thing, and I, I don't want to take the time to do that. But so Corinthian church planted by Paul. Down the road, first um, first Corinthian the book of First Corinthians comes along, and that book is Paul addressing a lot of really big problems in this church that he planted. And you know, calling out things that just shouldn't even start to be happening. Immorality, you know, um, people suing each other, all kinds of stuff. And so Paul writes that letter, and that's the book of 1 Corinthians. And then that didn't really solve the problem. So we, it looks like Paul um, took a trip back to Corinth and met with them. And I think at that point, it looks, it would appear that Paul kind of got to the bottom of some of this stuff. And then there were several correspondence back and forth between Paul and the church of Corinth in between them. And then we have 2 Corinthians, at which point generally, the general feel of the book is that the church of Corinth is in a better spot and that most of these problems have been dealt with, and the tone is much more, um, shall we say, relaxed, or um, more, um, more fatherly, le- less disciplinarian, shall we say. And so that is the, the big picture spot where we find ourselves. And Paul is discussing a bunch of things here, and um, we're kind of working through that. And so just we're plopping ourselves in the middle of this, and we're kind of taking this passage at face value, but that's the context for this passage. Um, and if I painted that with too broad of a brush for some of you, um, I apologize. I would happily discuss the minutia with you at a later date. But that's kind of big picture where we're at. So, I just want to walk through these verses and just verse by verse, pointing out kind of the nuggets or small nuggets of truth, and then um, kind of wrap up with, you know, what can we take away as we go into our new year and how it applies to our lives. So I started at verse 10 because, and 11 because it points out our approach to God. And verse 11 says, Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are well known to God. And that word terror grabbed me. Because too often we don't 
approach, you know, the gospel as knowing the terror. Terror is something that you are you are going after, or not going after, you are you are afraid of. You but you're, you know, if you're doing something out of terror, it's of sole purpose. And as I go into this next year, am I spreading the gospel? Am I being that light as if with something that is just riveting and soul, my soul focus? Um, and just, just a, little, a little thought to think about as we, as we walk into our new year. And then as we move down, the next thing that stood out to me was, for we are beside ourselves, it is for God, or if we are of sound mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ compels us, because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. And again, just these little, so we're pursuing it with that focus, but we are compelled with love. So, you know, if we're only fearful, that's not going to end with a good result. But the idea of being compelled with love, but with that, that focus, um, is just, again, just really grabbed my, my thoughts. And then moving to verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And not to beat a dead horse with this, but going into this next year, I want to be willing to, and I pray that we all would be willing to examine our lives and be willing to let old things pass away. And I was thinking about the different layers of this, because a lot of times when we read this verse, we think about kind of that conversion experience where the old man dies. And initially, that's what I was kind of thinking as I read it. But then I was thinking about who this was written to. And this is written to a church, a group of believers. Obviously, a church that had had lots of problems in the past. But Paul is reminding them that even they're already converted, but old things still have to pass away, and Jesus has to be new. So at some level, this is something that continues to happen in our lives, and that even though it all has to pass away, there's a continuing of this. And so going into the new year, I just want to ask you, are you open to continuing to allow old things to pass away and for all things to be new, and that is in Jesus Christ. And then, finally, the last little, the last portion of this, um, I'll just reread it one more time. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ, 
reconciling the word to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be Technology at its finest. Well, I'll just back up a little bit and reset. Um, That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, for he made him who knew no sin to be for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And as I read that, I'm just always humbled and challenged with verse 21, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And there's a side of that that gratitude and out of thankfulness that our response has to be that we are willing to change our lives through Christ. And then um, the challenge that We are ambassadors that are out there, you know, being the conduit for Christ's love to flow through him into the world around us. And in conclusion, I just want to go over a couple things for us to take into the new year. What does this mean for us? It means that the old has passed away. We're getting rid of those things in our lives that are inhibiting the space or taking up the space that Christ can dwell into. Then it means all things are new. We have to allow Christ to flow into our lives, whatever that means. It means that first we are reconciled um, through Christ who had no sin who took on our sins. And then finally, as a result, it means we are ambassadors for, for Christ. And this, this year, the thing that I just kept coming back to for my life was the idea or the focus of impacting those around us. And the word ambassador is also such a a great word for that because it's the idea of being representatives. And if you're a representative of something, we all know, you know, those people who are representatives for Plexus or um, Whatever it is, we all know that they're representatives for that. You can't say hello to them without them trying to get you some. And 
Sorry for those of you who like plexus. Um, I had to get my jab in. But, um, but, but I do think, are we pursuing being ambassadors that everyone who we come in contact with knows this is our mission, this is our, what we are focused on? And so that just a drive to impact others. And I just want to publicly share this year, our, our focus and our goal is that we have been focusing on impacting those around us in DC, our employees, our, you know, the neighbors, all of that. And we continued, we plan to continue to do that, but this year our focus is to change that focus and be out here and be more readily available and around to first off impact this church in a greater way and also um, and also excited to start to be in this community and impacting this neighborhood, this community with Christ's love. And I'm just really excited about that and to see what God can do using us as ambassadors. And I would just challenge you each to look at your life, look at your next year, and see who are you going to be an ambassador to. And, you know, it may be something that you want to take, you know, a specific thing and target, or it may just be a general idea of I'm going to spread God's light in an intense way with everyone I contact. But I think really embracing this idea will not only change our lives, but change those around us. So that's my challenge for today. Um, I want to close with a word of prayer, and then you can consider yourselves dismissed. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to just thank you for all that you have done in our lives. Lord, I want to thank you for allowing each of us to experience your grace and your forgiveness, Lord, and that each of us would never forget that you died for our sins, you took on our sins so that we could be forgiven, Lord. And out of that, I just pray that we would continue to pursue you with that thankful terror that you describe in this passage, Lord, and that we would share your gospel with everyone that we come in contact with. I just pray for this congregation that you would bless each person here as we go into the new year and that we would all be the light to the community around us that you want us to be. In your name, amen.